Drivingtests.org has helped thousands of truckers obtain their CDL at nearly double the standard pass rate. And now, employers can use driving test tools on demand with their new hires. Their training platform is fully remote, DMV approved, and costs a fraction of standard training fees. Head to driving-test.org slash corporate to learn more. Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the constant feedback I'm getting on the show. Uh, it means a lot that you're finding the content valuable and useful. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road on whatever platform you use to listen. This week, I'm excited to chat with a great friend and passionate industry expert, Amanda Schuer, Director of Employee Engagement at Jetco Delivery. Welcome to the show, Amanda. So glad you could join us. Thanks, Jeremy. Happy to be here finally. I'm, uh, I'm excited to learn more about you and your background, you know, how you got into the trucking industry. Uh, I'd like to hear about how you've uh, applied, you know, being engaged through your involvement with, with TMC, with Atri's Research Advisory Committee. Uh, perhaps you could share what you've learned through the various roles that you've led in your career so far, and then uh, including your most recent role as the Director of Employee Engagement for Jetco. And then lastly, we'll answer a, a question submitted by a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that work for you? Sounds good. All right. Well, let's dive in. Uh, in fact, actually, before we do, as, as we both acknowledged, we both like to read um, some books we may not want to mention uh, in this uh, show, but the ones that we can mention... I'm curious if there are any books or podcasts that you've been reading or listening to that uh, that you'd like to recommend. Yes, and I have a good one for you, Jeremy. It's called A CEO Only Does Three Things. And basically, it talks about three pillars of business, culture, people, and numbers. So I figure if I'm not a numbers girl, I can at least focus on the other two, right? But no, it's a great book, and um, I really recommend it. So definitely check it out. I'm writing that down. That's uh, that's all really the three really important things as a leader, right? Building culture, having the right people in the right places, and then um, and then metrics, you know, yeah. measuring that. And, and so that's excellent. So thank you for that recommendation. And I think the uh, hopefully the audience will appreciate that as well. Um, let's let's talk about you. You know, what's what's your story and the the, the version that can be shared on this <laughs> episode? You know, tell us a little about you. You know, how you uh, how'd you end up? in the trucking industry. Yeah. So this is, this is podcast safe here. So, you know, I'm a fourth generation trucking family member. Um, a lot of people don't know that about me, but my great grandfather actually owned a trucking company. And then my grandfather owned a truck dealership and my uncle was involved in the business, but you know, I went to college and got a degree in journalism and Spanish. And so trucking was never on my mind per se, but I was laid off, you know, from a, an event planning job and basically um, a truck dealership here in Kansas city had a position posted for a marketing person. And that was in 2006. So 16 years ago, been in trucks since then. And I've just really never looked back. It's funny that you say that uh, it's, it's in the blood. Um, it was still not a direct route, but it's in the blood for a lot of us. It's either in the blood or you just stumble into it somehow kind of happenstance. And then it's hard and when you embrace it, it's hard to leave because, because it's great. And you build relationships that last a lifetime. We talk about that kind of stuff, you know, all the time. Um, your industry background is, is pretty diverse. So can you walk us through maybe the path that you took from the beginnings in the industry that, that led you to to where you are today? 
Yeah. So that's something that I'm really proud of. And I think quite honestly, I have a really cool background in trucking. And I think that's one of the great things about our industry, honestly, is that, you know, as your career progresses, you can go a lot of different places. And so the way my elevator pitch, I guess, if you will, I like to say is that I've had pretty much every job at a trucking company except for wrenching or driving, right? So I do, I've done load planning, dispatch, road breakdown, sales, all of those things. And then previously to that, I was selling aftermarket parts, traveling 40 weeks a year. And then I've also done marketing for several truck dealerships. So certainly a lot of experiences. Uh, just prior to joining to Jetco, I was the COO of a small trucking fleet and basically involved with everything and in charge of day-to-day operations. So that's a lot of good, that's a really good experience uh, because it's so um, all-encompassing. And I can relate that from 2005 to 2008, I owned a small truckload uh, carrier and which was, by the way, those are the worst years to, to own a small fleet. Um, very expensive education. But I learned a lot and and super valuable. And, you know, so I, I think you can probably relate to that that education that will that will last you a lifetime, probably as valuable or more than the education you got in journalism. So sure. hey now. Those were tough <laughs> years. I was part of a, a layoff in trucking in two thousand nine. So I can relate. Those those were some really tough years. Yes. I yeah. understand. So um and and you know, talking about engagement and involvement, you know, uh, how did your involvement with with TMC and, and even more recently with Atri's Research Advisory Committee, you know, how does that help keep you engaged and involved? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important. You know, it's it's corny and cliche to say never stop learning, but I really, truly believe in that. And I, I kind of call myself like an industry junkie. Right. Um, there's some really great organizations out there. And, you know, as you mentioned I'm very active in TMC, which is the Technology and Maintenance Council um, sub-council, basically, of the American Trucking Association. I'm their chairman of study groups and serve on the board of directors there. But I'm also active in TCA, Women in Trucking, and ATRI. And, you know, I think most recently, I've become really passionate about ATRI and, and the research that they do just because of all the data that, that they disseminate. And it's it's really useful data if, if you take the time to understand it. And, you know, one of the things that ATRI does is their annual top industry issues list. And I think one, one of the things that's really interesting to me is they publish that list both by driver responses and also by carrier responses. And, you know, for me as a fleet executive, I think that that's one of our, our starting places as we talk about engagement, right? Because if those lists aren't matching, then to me, it says, maybe I'm not listening to my drivers and, and maybe there's opportunities for me there. So I absolutely believe that, you know, industry involvement is, is really a critical part of engagement. Yeah. And, and I think you've shown that by getting, being active, being involved, engaging with others, um, that is a path to a success and growth and learning uh, throughout your career and certainly keeps you here, keeps you grounded. And uh, I would expect that you um, probably aren't going anywhere. You're not leaving the industry. I mean, uh, I feel the same way. And I think anybody who has put that amount of time and effort in, uh, you realize like, this is great. Uh, the water's warm. Um, and I'm, you know, fellow ATRI uh, Research Advisory Committee member, and I feel the same way. I really enjoy it. It's such a a broad, diverse group of stakeholders that are engaged in civil discourse, not what you, you see in Congress, right? But civil discourse about what um, 
about a variety of different topics and what should be uh, approved and voted on for for research. And uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And you build relationships with some of these folks that you might not have ever met otherwise. 100%. I think the cross-section of that group is what makes the Research Advisory Committee so strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 not, if Rebecca Brewster, who's the uh, president COO of Atri, is listening, I think she's a fantastic human being, incredible person, and great leader. And so I just I'm really uh, glad to to work with her. Um, let's let's talk about your role at Jetco, right? Director of Employee Engagement. So share if you could share. You know why is why is that a thing? And 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 do you believe that it's a role that will become more more prevalent? throughout the industry as, as we continue to face sort of the same workforce challenges going forward? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And, you know, I'm biased, but gosh, I just think I have the coolest job. And, you know, I think I want to brag on Kyle, our, our president at Jetco, and, and really Jetco and, and the team, because there are probably not a lot of mid-sized carriers that have a director of employee engagement right now, right? And, and this is a new position that I'm in and that's new to Jetco, but I honestly believe that we're probably going to see very similar roles at trucking companies in the near future. And, you know, so I think it's, it's really important that a director of employee engagement, you know, works with employees and drivers, right? About career progression, how we keep them involved and satisfied in, in what they're doing, you know, what some of their, their hopes and aspirations are. And then really celebrating that work-life balance, which is just so important, again, not only to our office employees, but also to our professional drivers. Um, you know, it's funny, like I was I was at a conference recently and somebody asked me a question. They're like, so what department are you in, Amanda? And I, I like stopped for a second, right? And I said, well, I'm I'm my own department. But but like that's the really cool thing about engagement, you know, just like safety at Jetco encompasses all areas. Engagement at Jetco encompasses all areas. And so I get to be involved in a lot of different things and I can touch a lot of different people, which is which is exactly what I love. Again, we said we were going to keep this podcast safe. I'm totally kidding. Uh, uh. So, so you know, what's interesting is when I knew that you were uh, going to take that role at Jetco, I was really excited because I know the team at Jetco and they're great people. They it's a great, well-run company that has a great reputation in the industry, and it's all around safety and compliance. I know from a turnover standpoint, they're 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 solid, and and so that's that's exciting that you're there. I think it's a perfect fit. But also, when you think of um, you talk about retention or you talk about employee engagement, that sort of thing, and a lot of times people say, "Well, it's not one person's job; it's everyone's job." Well, that's true, except that somebody still has to own it. Somebody has to be ultimately sort of the spearhead, the responsible party. And uh, it sounds like from a retention standpoint, that's something that you, you know, you've got your arms around. How do we make sure that we're providing a really good employee experience for our people and still doing all those things that you talked about in the book uh, that you highlighted before, right? Culture, people, and numbers. Those things still matter. Those are not mutually exclusive, but how do you also create this great, you know, uh, environment for them? And so, you know, you and I and a couple others uh, recently uh, participated in a panel discussion uh, with um, you know some other thought leaders right on recruiting and retention. Show the picture here. The title of that panel was "Win Them Over: Building a Culture of Driver Loyalty and Engagement." So I, I want to just unpack some of the highlights from that discussion because I think what we're 
talking about today was, you know, all the stuff that was really bubbling to the surface in that, in that panel at that event. And just, you know, in your opinion, why, why is engagement like, that's a buzzword that we're hearing a lot now. Why is it so critical right now? It is a buzzword, but I think it's an important one. And again, I'm biased, but, but that's okay. So, you know, engagement to me is critical because most of us in the industry know what it's like to hire right now, right? And I've run a high volume recruiting department and I know what that's like. And hiring is tough and it's going to continue to be tough. So I think, you know, working on engagement and retention, I understand that for some companies, it's a, it's a big shift, right? To, to focus on that retention and engagement piece. But, but I also think it's important. So, for example, you know, we had an employee recently who was a little bit unsatisfied with the work, right, that they're doing. And so they wanted to maybe apply for another position within the company or, you know, try to figure things out. But unfortunately, there wasn't anything, you know, available to that employee that they could apply for. So I sat down with the employee. We talked things through. And one of the things that came out of that conversation was that employee felt like, they weren't being challenged and that they really like to dig into special projects. So I was able to circle up with that employee's manager. We did some brainstorming and now that employee is actually going to spearhead a new project for us, for the company. Right. So, so that's an awesome story and an awesome, awesome example of how it worked out. Here's the thing though, Jeremy, I'm not naive enough to think that this is going to happen every time. Right. And so I think that engagement is critical because we can serve as a sounding board for our employees. And, and that's what I'm here for, right? I am that dedicated person, but there's no magic bullet. But I can certainly listen and recommend ideas that, you know, potentially are frontline managers. I, I don't want to say don't have the time for. That's that's not the appropriate phrasing. But it's almost like I'm an added benefit to the management team, if that makes sense. Well, sure. And, and, and in that role, you just gave an example, you know, you Communication is critical, right? Open dialogue is really important. What are maybe if you can share some some other simple ways that where you focus on on driver engagement at Jetco? Yeah, just a couple things. You know, I've I've worked for other companies where I felt like you know the drivers are treated differently, and and I think that's common in the industry. And you know, I I think there's always going to be some themes of that, but. You know, one of the things we do at Jetco, and this is super simple, we give all of our professional drivers their own Jetco email addresses. And like that sounds so small to you and me, but it's just, it's breaking down that barrier that says, oh, our drivers are different or they're not part of the team. You know, we definitely don't want to convey that. So another thing at Jetco is we have our driver managers involved in the interviewing process. So we slow it down a little bit. But they get to hear, you know, right from the folks who they're going to be working with every single day. And I think, you know, at Jetco, that really helps us break down the silos. And like I said, I used to run a high volume recruiting department. And one of my biggest frustrations was that handoff from recruiting to operations. And that is like one of my biggest pet peeves at trucking companies in the industry. And, and so you know, the, the promise is recruiting told me I'd be home for my son's baseball game on Tuesday. And then ops is saying, well, you're not going to get home for two weeks. Right. And, and so 
managing those expectations and getting our driver managers involved in the, the or uh, interviewing process has been really helpful for us. Um, and then lastly, we just implemented a new LMS at Jetco. And basically that came directly from our drivers. They were asking for training in a format that they could do remotely and not at the office. And so basically we rolled out this new system and we can put Jetco drivers in videos for, for peer-to-peer training. And that's just been really awesome too. So those are just a couple of ways of, of things that we've done in Jetco recently. All those things that you described, those are all things that those aren't, those don't require like this huge budget, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year or anything like that. Those are all things that, uh, that almost any fleet size can incorporate, can start doing. It just takes, it takes time, obviously, and it takes just intent, right? Uh, how, how does this level of engagement, you know, how does that, you know, build a sense of loyalty that can significantly reduce the risk of, of turnover? You know, I think obviously we're all trying to, to prevent turnover, right? And, you know, I, I like to think that big picture here, an engagement person should really help identify those issues before they, they become fires, right? And, you know, when I ran that recruiting department and I would get the call that, you know, a driver that I had hired was quitting, that was a that was a gut punch to me. And I think that's probably why I've kind of moved into this space, just because I want to make sure that as an employer, you know, I'm living up to what I said to our to our new hires and, and just really working on that full life cycle for our employees. So, you know, it's it's not all sunshine and roses and rainbows and unicorns and all that stuff. But I think, you know, as I'm starting in this new role, it's really important to acknowledge the small wins too. You know, um, we had an employee recently who was offered a raise to go work at another company, but basically decided to stay with us because of Jetco's culture, because he said, you know, he likes the team members that he works with because he's got some flexibility in his position. And, you know, that's, that's a win and, and not really even a small win, but, but that's a win. And that's, that's true loyalty. Well, to your point, uh, when you have a driver who, you know, pay isn't everything, but it matters. It is a thing. And it's always one of the top, you know, handful of reasons why a driver would leave to go to another company. Um, but I think it says a lot about a company when they say, in spite of that, I'm staying because I like it here. Because there's, it's not fun to have a job where um, even if you like what you do, you just don't like the people you do it with. That's not fun. But on the contrary, you know, doing something that you love, that you're passionate about and doing it with people who are like minded and, and where the culture is really strong. I mean, that's that's hard to replace and more pay. It's not worth it. So I think I think that's a that's a good point. Now, this might be a good time to uh, to get into a, a, our deeper dive question where we take a question from a listener who's seeking expert advice. Uh, this is a question I think is appropriate uh, for you. Uh, the question is, it seems like we take two steps forward three steps back with recruiting and retention. Any tips or suggestions so we can do a better job of keeping the drivers we have? And we've covered a little bit of that, but uh, anything that you might want to suggest? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And again, I don't have the magic bullet, right? I don't I don't have like this all-knowing thing, but I think that, you know, anything is better than nothing in retention and engagement. But I also think it needs to be consistent, right? And we've talked a little bit about communication. And I, and I think the key I want to touch on there is that we really need to remember to communicate in a way 
that the recipient of our, our message wants to be communicated with, right? So I'll tell you a quick story. When I was at a previous trucking company during the pandemic, I decided to create these YouTube driver or YouTube videos for our drivers. And I would send out messages to them. And I thought it was the greatest idea in the world, right? And my drivers called me up and they're like, Amanda, what are you doing? We don't want this. We don't want to see your face on YouTube. But, you know, I think sometimes we try to determine how a person wants to be communicated with. And, and that's not accurate. And it's certainly not the best way to communicate with our professional drivers. You know, those of us in the office, we do instant messaging, we do emails, et cetera. But our drivers are out doing their jobs safely driving down the road. We don't need to email them. We don't need to, you know, text them in the middle of their workday. So, um, you know, those are those are just really important things. I think another thing that we spoke about in the conference that we did that's that's really important to me is when you ask for feedback, you need to receive it, but you also need to respond to it. And so, you know, again, like we're not always going to have the right answer for our employees. I'm, I'm not always going to be able to say, hey, here's 10,000 bucks because you got an offer from another company. But we have to relay that message back to our employee, even if it's not the message we want to give, even if it's not the message our employee wants to hear. We just can't leave that an open circle. We have to close that loop, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It can't go into a void. It can't go into oblivion. It's important that a, getting feedback is critical. I think it's kind of to your point. It's important to uh, engage in a way where you're soliciting that feedback, but then you got to do something with it um, and communicate. And hopefully there are instances where you can communicate a win, you know, whatever that feedback is, it led to a decision, a change. And then obviously you want to communicate that too, because that means, hey, that's something that's a, it's a high five that everybody can celebrate because, you, they know that you care, that you listen, and then you respond. Um, but, but communication, open dialogue uh, there and feedback, getting feedback is, is critical nonetheless. Uh, I know we're out of time. So, uh, uh, Amanda, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. I love your passion, love your zeal for the industry and, uh, and look forward to seeing you at some upcoming events. Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. It was a pleasure. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the high road.